To say that I am thrilled to be here would be actually an understatement. I always, always love to come to Northside. The song we just sang, if you would look at it, and that's going to be our invitation song, I understand, number 972. Back in 1993, a woman by the name of Pam Stephenson and Alton Howard, who is better known, arranged this song, Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. It will go on and say, I want to be more loving. I want to be more holy. I want to be more like Jesus in my heart. And as I repeat that thought this morning, I'm going to try to indelibly burn into your mind the desire, seriously, I want to be a Christian in my heart. When we want to do something, we normally do what we want to do, don't you think? Jesus even said in Matthew nineteen twenty four, if any man will, and that is a, a desire with determination, that's will. As we look at the theme, it says I, that's an individual decision. No one can make that for you. I want, that is the, uh, is the force behind the success. Depends on how badly you want it. I want to be a Christian. Well, what is a Christian and why do I really want to be a Christian? We're going to study that. And then in my heart... Because that is how it is done, and we'll be speaking of the need to educate and train the mind, the heart. First of all, as we look at the decision, it is very easy for us to get involved in life in general and take care of the urgent and leave or maybe forget the important. And I believe that that is what happens a lot of times. And I believe a good example is found in Luke chapter 10, if you care to be turning there. Luke chapter 10, Jesus is in the home of Mary and Martha. And you know this story pretty well. But I'm beginning now with my our reading in verse 38. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a certain village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. It is her home. Mary's living there and probably Lazarus, but she feels responsibility to take care of her guests. Verse 39, and she had a sister called Mary, who moreover was listening to the Lord's word, seated at his feet. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. And so you get the story. 
She is involved with all of the uh, things that are involved in probably uh, preparing a meal to be able to accommodate the people. Jesus would not be alone. He would have an entourage. There would be probably a dozen people with him. And, um, and so this is quite some um, responsibility that she feels. But Jesus' answer is classic and applies to this idea of making up your mind to be involved in what is truly important. As he says, I'm in Luke 10, beginning with verse 41. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only a few things are necessary, really only one. Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Jesus was not saying that what Martha was doing was unimportant. What he was saying was Mary had chosen, at least for that time, the number one priority, what was most important when Jesus was there and uh, was teaching. I have here a poem. It is so old that it was run off on the purple spirit duplicator. Some of you young people don't even know what I'm talking about. And it was written by Mr. Selected. But it's a good poem. Let me share it with you. And I want you to to note the difference in my emphasis of for and with. Those two words, for and with. Martha in the kitchen, serving with her hands, occupied for Jesus with her pots and pans, loving him, yet fevered, burdened to the brim, careful, troubled Martha, occupied for him. Mary, on the footstool, eyes upon her Lord, occupied with Jesus, drinking in his word. This the one thing needful, all else strangely dim, loving, resting Mary, occupied with him. So may we, like Mary, choose the better part, feasting in his presence, hands and foot, uh, feet and heart, drinking in his wisdom, strengthened with his grace, waiting for the summons, eyes upon his face. When it comes, we're ready, spirit, will, and nerve. Mary's heart to worship, Martha's hands to serve. This is the rightful order in our lamps as we trim, occupied with Jesus, then occupied for him. An individual decision. I want. Let's define that desire as a deep abiding determination to accomplish certain goals and objectives. If a person desires to do something strongly enough. He will generally manage somehow to do that. I have an article before me written by Calvin Warpula. I should say the late Calvin Warpula. I went to college with him. And he refers back to a time in the Olympics. And he did not state the year I wish that he had of 
that some of you may remember the name Tom Courtney. Tom Courtney was representing the United States in the marathon, 26-mile marathon race for the Olympics. Tom ran well the first 25 miles of the race, just one mile to go. His muscles ached and his whole body felt like it was going to collapse. His lungs were totally exhausted and felt like they would explode as they gasped for more and more air. The lactic acid had so built up in Courtney's body that it pained him every time he put one foot out in front of the other. And then he fell. Fifty yards away from victory. He got up. He tried to run a few steps and then fell again. He got up and wobbled forward and fell a third time. On his hands and knees, he began crawling toward the finish line. He struggled to his feet one more time and pushed a few more steps and fell across the tape. He had won the victory. On the playback of the film taken of him at the finish line, we're seeing his lips moving. Watching the film closely, one could see his lips mouthing, I want to win. I want to win. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you that when we want to be a Christian like Tom Courtney wanted to win, we will be a genuine Christian. You examine the lives of those who are not totally sold out for the Lord. We call them perhaps nominal Christians. You're going to find one thing missing, and that is the I want to factor. They just don't want it badly enough. Desire determines destiny. I want that to be burned into your mind. Desire determines destiny. What we really want to do, we will spend time, money, energy, effort, everything that we will. Developing spiritual desires will help us in our lifestyle. I think of Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your affections on things that are above and not on things upon this earth. Yes, set your affection. That is your desire. Romans 8, verses 5 and 6, speaks of being spiritually minded versus a carnal or fleshly minded person whose mind is on the world. There must be a burning desire to be a Christian, a genuine 
sold-out Christian for the Lord. And that person is one who sets their minds on dwelling on the good things. I believe Philippians 4 verse 8 is an excellent passage of Scripture. As it says, whatever things are true, honorable, and you know the passage, just or right, uh, if there is any virtue, if there is any praise, let your mind dwell on these things. I want to be a Christian. Well, just what is a Christian and why do I want to be a Christian? It's interesting to me that the word Christian is really found only three times in all of Holy Writ. Acts 11, verse 26, the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Acts 26, 28, Agrippa said, almost you persuade me to be a Christian. And 1 Peter 4, verse 16, if any man suffers a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this name. But from those we learn that followers of Christ were then called Christians. A concise answer to what is a Christian, I believe, will be found in this definition. A Christian is a living person who has made a conscientious decision to renounce sin and Satan and to embrace God through His Son, Jesus Christ. A Christian that we're talking about is one who is Christ's lock, stock, and barrel. Completely, totally, no reservations. A person that strives to have the mind of Christ, as Philippians 2.5 tells us to have. To follow in the steps of Christ, as 1 Peter 2 verse 21 tells us to do. An unknown person has written... A Christian is a mind through which Christ thinks, a heart through which Christ loves, a mouth through which Christ speaks, and hands through which Christ helps. I believe that that's a good definition. One woman was asked, what is a Christian? And her answer was a classic. said, well, it's like being a pumpkin And God washes you all off, cuts the top out, and digs all the yucky stuff of hatred and and jealousy uh, and and the such out, cuts a smiling face on you and puts his light in you so you can shine to all the world. That is a Christian. I know that such is easier said than done. But what we want to do is to grow. I'm not trying to set a standard so high that you're going, well, that's beyond me. No, just get started with a desire. I'm going to follow the Lord. And I'm starting right now. Oh, people, why do I want that? I want to tell you three reasons. First of all, because of my past. See, my wife knows because I've told her But most of you do not know my past, and I am glad. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not happy with that. Some of those teenage years, I'm ashamed. Habits that I formed. 
some of the things that I allowed myself to get involved with. I was technically baptized at a young age, but apparently it was not genuine. Because it was not until I was at Oklahoma Christian One night I heard the Oklahoma Christian Chorus sing, and I vividly remember as Gary Rayburn stood out and with the chorus behind him began to recite Jonathan Edwards, God said, I will make me a man. And as he went through that, All of a sudden, it hit me like a ton of brick. I was sitting in that audience, and all of a sudden, I started crying. Genuine grips with my sinful, lost condition. And I said, Jimmy, you've been the biggest fool walking. And on my way home that night, I said to my roommate, Jerry Pospichel, I said, don't cry. I mean, uh, don't laugh. I'm going to be a preacher. You know what he said? He did become a preacher. He said, I hope you can. What you don't know is I had already been in three fights on the OC campus and should have been kicked out of school. This is true. But God was gracious. And that night, I said, Jerry, will you baptize me? He said, well, we got to get permission. I said, yes, but we will. So we went to Daddy Barnes, who was the man in charge of the men's dormitories. We got permission. I went into Edmond. And Jerry Pospichel baptized me into Christ. And the very next day, I went and saw Stafford North. And I changed my major and my life. That's why, because of that past that needed to be forgiven, I want to be a Christian. But because of the present, and I need the Holy Spirit, and I need the, the assurance of today, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And I like Hebrews 7 and verse 25, very comforting passage. He is able to save to the uttermost, that's King James, forever, those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. That's Hebrews 7.25. Memorize that one. I want to be a Christian because of my future. You see, in my future, I'm going to die. But because I'm a Christian, I have the assurance that angels are going to come and transport me to be with my Lord. That... Paul talked about in Philippians 1.23 when he says, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. That's my future.
because I am a Christian. Yes, the Bible clearly teaches that after death comes judgment, Hebrews 9, verse 27. But again, I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation, the satisfactory payment for my sin, 1 John 2, verses 1 and 2. And so while I don't look forward to the death experience, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't mind the idea of being dead. Because 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 8 tells me that when I'm absent from the body, I am present with the Lord. So that's why I want to be a Christian in my heart. Heart is mentioned a lot in Scripture. In fact, 54 of the 66 books of the Bible will at least have that word in them. Setting our hearts on that individual choice is very important because sadly, the natural tendency of the heart is to be infiltrated by sin. In fact, Jeremiah 17 and verse 9 says the heart is desperately corrupt. In fact, one translation says sick, and another translation says wicked. Just go look it up. Jeremiah 17 and verse 9. It's like a garden or a flower bed left to itself will become weedy. So the heart, if it's not taken care of and prepared, it will be infiltrated with evil. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You know the scripture, Proverbs 23 and verse 7. What my life produces, good or evil, clearly reveals what's in my heart. Luke 6.45 says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things, for his mouth speaks from that which fills the heart. Second Corinthians, or rather Second Chronicles 12 and verse 14, says of Rehoboam, He did evil because he did not set his heart to seek the Lord. I like the King James translation on this one. It says he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. There is a song that is one of my favorites. The first stanza. Oh, Lord, prepare. Oh, oh, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, tried and holy, a pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving. I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Heart preparation. Oh, Lord, prepare me. To be a sanctuary. It begins with a decision. I'm going to do what the Lord wants. I don't care if it hairlips the governor. Daniel 1 verse 8 tells us that Daniel purposed, he resolved, he made up his mind that he was going to do what the Lord wanted him to do. And then you make up your mind and you say, show me, Lord. And then you say, Lord, give me strength to carry it through.
God is not going to force you to be a Christian, but he will answer your prayer. Did you, re- did you see that this is a prayer song? Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. Just here, I've got to say that the word is very important, very important. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. Thy word if I hid in my heart, treasured in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119, verse 9 and 11. In Psalm 51, when David was dealing with the aftermath and the, and the, the guilt after having committed adultery with Bathsheba, he says in verse 7, Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God. I'm telling you that when the externals are right, the internals will follow. The promise is that if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we will be filled, Matthew 5 and verse 6. Yes, I want to be a Christian in my heart, zeal for the right things, fervent in spirit. And so I'm going to ask you, as I now am going to extend the invitation, are you where you want to be for eternity? Are there some things, honestly, before God that need to be taken care of? We're going to offer an invitation And I understand that here, you go to the back and the elders will be there to receive you. You could be just asking God to strengthen you. But it could be that you have never obeyed the gospel. People, there is no better time than right now. When you feel the tug of the Lord, when the Lord is near, answer his call. If you stand in need of this invitation in any way, we encourage you to please respond all together we stand and sing.